doing this evening. This is Amspiration TTV's Tahuti Thoughts on Thursdays, and I am your host, The Plump Queen. Of course, I appreciate you guys giving me your time and your energy this evening. Thank you. Thank you. If you like the track that you just heard, that is what they do by my boy Jamar Milton. You can find that fire on all streaming sites. Y'all already know how I feel about, you know, feel about him and his music. It's popping, so definitely go on and check him out. All right. Well, today I was trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> and I woke up and I saw this video. As I tell you guys all the time, I don't believe in coincidences. Uh, everything happens for a reason. Everything that I come across, I don't care if I'm watching it. You know what I'm saying? If I experience it and in the, in the space that I am in now I'm on my journey, everything means something. Okay. So I've been going through what I like to call, you know what I'm saying? My stage of leveling up. There are some things that uh, some things that I need to let go. I've been talking about this on my Sundays with Spirit, and you know, letting go is a really, really hard thing. And I didn't realize just how much you know what I'm saying I had locked inside of me. And you don't learn these things, you know, until you live life and you get those triggers. You know what I'm saying? And you know, what I'm saying so you can identify them. So I saw this video that popped up on YouTube, um, and I'm actually going to play it um, at, at the end. It's about 32 minutes long. So I hope you're in, if you're going to be, if you're really here and, you know, really trying to hear this and trying to get this message, you'll stick around for it. I will also put in the disclaimer, you know, for all my conscious, you know, super duper woke folk, you know what I'm saying? 
forget the messenger, just look at the message. You know, sometimes I post things and, you know, some people assume that because, you know, I'm all about, you know, our people that I'm not supposed to, you know, post anything with, you know, with white people in it, you know, or whatever. This is all about the message. You know I'm saying if you're tripping about that, this ain't the level up for you. Okay. So pretty much this individual was talking about attractive energy. Okay. As we say, the energy you put out is energy you get back. You attract, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I always tell you, no matter what it, whether it be a relationship, an issue, you attract everything to you. Okay. So this individual was trying to give us five, uh, five ways that you know, you can let go so you can attract the things that you want, whether it be relationship, whether it be money, you know, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying, that you can attract it. And he was talking about his life and the things that he went through and how he figured out, you know, where his issue lies so he can fix it. Okay. So I identify not necessarily with his particular story, but my story was definitely similar. And the man had me crying today. I'm not even going to lie. You know what I'm saying? I was definitely boohooing, you know, while he was talking because I, I definitely, you know what I'm saying, felt where he was coming from. And I felt like that was the breakthrough that I needed. I needed to hear that. You know what I'm saying? So I can finally, finally move on, you know what I'm saying, from this, these things that are holding me back from moving, you know, forward to my next level. Okay. Now, in his story, you know, he was saying how he, you know, needed to let go of being needed. He had um, he, um, his father had married a woman who, you know, he identified as a narcissist. So he I believe he said from the ages of seven to 15, uh, this woman was very controlling. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, her him and his brother, you know, wasn't too fond of that. But then at the age of 15, the father got divorced. You know what I'm saying? So he no longer, you know, had those shackles or those, uh, you know, what I'm saying those restrictions on himself. But those restrictions were still in his mind. So even though he had the freedom to do what he want, you know what I'm saying, you know, as a contrast to, you know, having her around as a mom, you know, now he honestly didn't know what to do with this freedom because he was so trained, you know what I'm saying, and so used to being, you know what I'm saying, to being controlled. So as he got older, you know, he started to see that in his relationships, you know what I'm saying, uh, his girlfriend, you know what I'm saying, he found himself um, attracting, you know, narcissistic, you know what I'm saying, and controlling women. Even in the workplace, the job that he chose to, to pick, the his manager just so happened to be a very controlling and narcissistic, you know what I'm saying, um, individual. So I know a lot of people don't like to hear this, especially when they're in relationships or in situations that are comfortable for them. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we try to, we like to play victim and saying it's not us, but in fact it is. It is always you. You are the co-creator of your universe. So again, you choose that job. You choose that person to be with or to have a child with. You choose those situations. Maybe not when you were a kid, but when you get older, you make your own choices and your choices, you know, what I'm saying are more than likely um, attributed to what you've been through and what you've been around. OK, so my I didn't grow up with my dad, but I did grow up with my mom. OK, and she did get into a relationship with the individual. And I won't say that, you know, he was. I won't say that he was overly controlling, you know what I'm saying? But some of those attributes that this individual was talking about, his stepmom, I felt the same way about my stepdad, okay? So I identified with that. And I overstood how he said that, you know, because even though now that I'm an adult and I am no longer, you know what I'm saying, in their household, a lot of the influences, you know what I'm saying, of being around him for the 27 years he's been with my mother has absolutely, you know what I'm saying, contributed to who I am and my thought process. Now, I've had these conversations with my mom, you know what I'm saying? And I've been due diligently trying to work out these things because I personally thought that, you know, I was over him. I'm an adult now. I live on my own. I pretty much take care of myself. You know what I'm saying? So there's no reason, you know what I'm saying, for me to feel any type of way, you know, about him. But in reality is 
even though I I love what I have going on and um, you know what I'm saying I'm learning to be gra have gratitude for the space that I'm in, but I do have you know insecurities about you know the things that I have going on. You know, I have associated, you know, what I'm saying success with, you know, maybe how many followers you may have or how much people support, you know, what you have going on. And sometimes it gets it gets discouraging, you know, what I'm saying when you feel like you're not getting the results, you know, what I'm saying that you feel like you should, you know, what I'm saying or that you truly want. And I, I deal with that a lot. I don't come on here, you know, for likes and hearts. I don't come up here for numbers. I'm here to help. But for for me or for anybody, you know, you look at the numbers as who you're helping. So if I had a hundred thousand people, you know what I'm saying, looking at what I got going on and you know what I'm saying, supporting what I have going on, then I'm obviously touching a hundred thousand people. But if it's just a couple of people or three or four people, you know what I'm saying, maybe I'm not as, you know what I'm saying, as effective as I, you know what I'm saying, as I want to be. Maybe what I have to say isn't that important. These are the things that I, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, come to my mind, you know, when, you know what I'm saying, when I'm in that little space, you know what I mean? And like he said, those are all, that's all in my mind. And it's based off of my childhood traumas. You know what I'm saying? Growing up before my mom got into her relationship, it was all about me. All about me. I was her only child. We lived in the projects, but we had a very eclectic um, living situation where, granted, we lived in the PJs, but we had a tax-free business. We were selling produce. So, you know, when people think about the project experience of, you know, having to eat government cheese or having to borrow sugar from your neighbor or, you know, eating syrup sandwiches and, and, and things of that nature, that wasn't my experience. We always have food. As a matter of fact, my grandfather not only fed the church, you know what I'm saying? He helped other people, you know what I'm saying? The PJs eat as well. You know what I'm saying? So I never wanted for anything. I was the only child. You know, we lived, like I said, we lived in the projects. Everybody in the house, you know, had public assistance of some sort. Then we had a tax-free business. So relatively, you know what I'm saying? There was a lot of money rolling around my five-bedroom apartment in the PJs. So again, I didn't want for anything at all. My mother put all of her love all of her time and all of her energy into me from the day that she found out that she was pregnant with me. And I felt that, you know what I'm saying? That's why the confidence that I do have, the securities that I do have, despite my insecurities, you know what I'm saying? That's where I get that from. Cause she instilled that in me from day one, all the way up until I was nine years old. And when I turned nine, that's when everything changed. So that was, you know, where, my issues started because I was receiving all of this love, all of this attention. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. My moms didn't spoil me. I don't want y'all to think that. I absolutely knew no meant no. You know what I'm saying? My mom was not above, you know what I'm saying, disciplining me. I wasn't the child that, you know, called themselves acting out or anything like that. I absolutely didn't do things like that. But being the only child, I definitely got majority of the things that I wanted. And again, I was always the center of attention in my mother's world until she got a man. Then she started splitting, um, you know, splitting time. And in her mind, you know what I'm saying? She felt like because she had me stable, she had me in a certain way, she raised me a certain way that now she had to help others. As a matter of fact, me and my mom have the same issue. Because we were lacking, you know, well, at least we felt that we were lacking in certain areas. We felt like giving and fixing other people and fixing other people's problems was going to make us worthy. Okay. So I still deal with that. I believe she still deals with that too. You know what I'm saying? The more we help, what we do for people is what validates us in life. I strongly do feel that way. It's a subconscious. It's not something that I walk around thinking, but it's definitely something that I feel, especially with the people that are in my inner circle. You know what I'm saying? I can even say more specifically, you know what I'm saying, with my romantic relationship and my two best friends. You know what I'm saying? They are the three closest people to me. You know what I'm saying? So I do not like, you know what I'm saying, being at odds with them. I do not like if they ask something of me that I don't have it or I can't give it to them. I don't like not having the answer. You know what I'm saying? Because I think a part of me has felt that those are the reasons why they wanna be around me, why they're my friends, why he loves me and so on and so forth. 
See what I'm saying? So I have used that as my validation. So whenever I can, you know what I'm saying, um, provide that, it makes me feel worthless. I don't say worthless, but it doesn't make me feel, you know what I'm saying, like I'm worthy or worthy is not the word I'm looking for. That maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. You know, me having one arm and all that good stuff. I know I'm taking it like a G and all that good stuff. Don't get me wrong. I love myself and all that. But there is a part of me that, you know, sometimes feels that, you know, I'm lacking or, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to catch up with everybody else. I do feel that way sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But it's those thoughts, you know what I'm saying, that it's what's stagnating me because what you think of is what you attract. So if I keep thinking that I'm not, you know what I'm saying, good enough because I don't have this, then I'm a thousand percent right. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Being afraid of being needy is another thing he talked about. You know what I'm saying? There's different forms of being needy. My, I had a conversation with my man once. I was, I was in my feelings about something and... Uh, and I told him that, you know, I don't want to be needy. This is that I'm not a needy person. This is that and the third. And he outright said, you are needy. And that shit pissed me off. Now I didn't bark on him and do nothing crazy. You know what I'm saying? Cause that's not how, you know what I'm saying? How I, how, how I do things. But I was very much offended by that. Very much offended. And he didn't mean anything by it. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't trying to say that as a bad thing. He was just trying to say it is what it is. You know, I'm his woman, so whatever it is that I need, you know, he feel like it's his job to provide that. It doesn't matter how much or how little. But for me, that was a problem because I prided myself, you know what I'm saying, as not being needy. Even though I got one arm, even though there's some things that I can't do, I pride myself in doing everything that I possibly can on my own because I don't want that label. I don't want to be labeled being needy because I know a lot of people that have been around me who have been in um, less situations than me are needy as fuck. You know what I'm saying? And it is even and even irked my soul at some point, you know what I'm saying, at times. And I think that is me, you know what I'm saying, identifying the neediness in myself. Like, I need the same things that you need, you know what I'm saying? And yet you get to act like this and you're being like this and this is that and the third. We both needy. We both need these things. But yet you're doing this and you're doing that. And I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. But you're getting this and I'm not getting that. You see what I'm saying? A sister of mine from the lighthouse had told me, you know what I'm saying? Even, um, even Jamar has said that you can't. You cannot see something in someone else that's not in you. That's how you're able to identify it. That's how you're able to see it because it's in you. No matter how small, you know what I'm saying, or you know what I'm saying, or how large. Okay? So, in certain ways, I am needy. It bothers me saying that right now on camera. I promise you, but it bothers me just saying that. But you know what I'm saying? In certain ways that I am, I'm not in a situation that I feel that I want to be in. You know what I'm saying? So I do need things from other people. I do not completely control, you know what I'm saying, my life the way that I want to. And that does bother me. So I have to get over that. I have to understand that I'm right where I need to be. And there's nothing wrong with everyone needs something from somebody. I cannot take that personally and, you know what I'm saying, make it seem as it is a failure. Because the fact of the matter is, I do have one arm. I did get into a really bad accident. And I, you know what I'm saying, and I am doing my very best. So I can't, you know, beat up on myself, you know what I'm saying, about that. I have to also be able to accept that help, to understand that, just because my mom took that from me, you know, because that's how I felt. I felt like my mom took my security from me when, you know what I'm saying, she decided to, you know, get with her husband and deal with him and his children and all that. I felt like she took, you know what I'm saying, my, you know what I'm saying, my comfort from me because it was all mine. And then she gave it away. You know what I'm saying? And it put me in a position to secure myself. And as a child, that bothered me. So growing up, you know what I'm saying, it made me feel like I have to overly defend myself. Even with, you know what I'm saying, some of, you know what I'm saying, some of my, my mother's sisters. 
what I'm saying? My mom and my, and my aunts, you know, they had a very uh, traumatic childhood. I've spoken about this before, you know what I'm saying? I may, um, you know, tell it again uh, at a later date, but they grew up very traumatic, you know what I'm saying? So all the things that they do say, or, you know what I'm saying, whatever, you know, is based, you know what I'm saying, in that trauma. And because my mom went through that trauma with them, she has this level of empathy, you know what I'm saying, for them, regardless of what they do. I don't share that same sentiment. You know what I'm saying? When I go through things with, you know, with them, to me, that's abuse. To me, that's toxicity. I don't, I wasn't looking at it from, you know, her perspective as we were children going through this, you know, going through this trauma that wasn't our fault, that, that we had nothing to do with and we didn't ask for. So that's what she sees. You know what I'm saying? When, you know, my aunts do, you know, the things, you know, that they do or act the way that they want to act. You know what I'm saying? That I feel, you know what I'm saying, is not comfortable for me. But because of that, whenever I would get uh, get into it with them as, as a younger child, you know what I'm saying? For her, she had to play devil's advocate. For her, she needed to see both sides because, yes, I'm her daughter. You know, she loves me, but these are her sisters. You know what I'm saying? And again, she understands where they're coming from. Where for me, you know what I'm saying? This is this some bullshit. So in my eyes as a child, my mother, you know what I'm saying? Wasn't protecting me. For me, that was a level of abandonment or neglect. So now anybody that knows me, you know, I'm very serious about protecting myself. When it, this is why sometimes I feel like I have to, you know what I'm saying, debate on certain things or I have to, you know what I'm saying, express how I feel about certain things because I felt as a child that I wasn't allowed to do that. Because I had to, you know what I'm saying, take into consideration other people's feelings, other people's shit, because, you know what I'm saying, as much sympathy as I have for what happened to my mom and them, you know, I didn't do that. That wasn't my fault. You know what I'm saying? I didn't give, I didn't, I didn't hurt them. So I should not have to take on that energy. I felt the same way about her relationship. Whatever they got going on, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times I felt like I had to, you know, maneuver my feelings and my movements around what my mom had to do, you know what I'm saying, for her man. So now even to this day, I can have a conversation with him and it'll trigger me. Cause like I said, I don't, I'm a grown woman now. I even understand, you know, saying some of the things that he's went through in his life, you know what I'm saying? His journey and his story and all that stuff. As an adult, I understand some of those things, but that inner child in me has still had not let some of that go. Cause we don't even have to be talking about something deep. You know what I'm saying? It could be something political or just, you know what I'm saying? Regular conversation. But because, you know what I'm saying, I had to, because as a child, I felt like I had to be made, you know what I'm saying, to almost stifle myself to make him feel a certain way, whether that was my mom's intention or not. That's how I felt. So now when I have conversations with him and certain, with certain things, I feel like I have to get my point across that if he's wrong, he has to admit that he's wrong. Because in essence, that's validating me. That validates me in my mother's eyes. I feel like tearing up just talking about that because that is true. I go through that because I want to be validated by my mother. Because my mother gave me all of that validation growing up when I was a kid before he showed up. I didn't want for anything. I, I, I never felt so, you know what I'm saying? Even like I said, living in the projects, I didn't have that project feeling because my mom gave me everything. And you know what I'm saying? And that made me feel like she took that from me. And I gotta let that shit go. See, I can't be on here crying. I know this is real and all that jazz, but this is what I don't want. I'm 36 years old. My mom has been with him 27 years. I've been in my own place, in my own space for almost a decade. I shouldn't be shedding tears, you know what I'm saying, for things that happened to me so long ago. There are people that I know have been through worse things, you know what I'm saying, than I have. 
And this is why I just so, I really just, I need to let this go. This is why this is my theme and I'm going to keep talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not the only one who deals with this. I'm not the only one, you know what I'm saying? Who has dealt with things, you know what I'm saying? And this is not bashing my mom. This is not coming, not even coming at him or my aunts or nobody. This is just letting you understand that those things happen and this is what's molding these issues. And I have to get rid of them because my aunts, they're living their lives. They're doing their thing. My mom, she's living her life. She's doing her thing. Her man living his life, doing their thing. And this and these feelings and, and this is what's stagnating me and my growth, not them. And I know I'm not the only one out here doing this. Don't matter how mild how small on the spectrum. There are a lot of us out here on a daily doing this. And then we put this on our kids. So this is why I felt like this was so important, you know what I'm saying, to, to talk about. We really gotta let go of that shit. You gotta deal with it. You have to acknowledge it. This is why I don't, this is why I don't mind saying these things, you know what I'm saying, in public because I'm not the only one dealing with this and it has to put that, that's, well, especially in our community, all of this pushing stuff under the rug and thinking that that stuff, you know what I'm saying, just goes away, it doesn't. It doesn't go away, it grows with you. And when you become an adult, now, you know what I'm saying, you're set in your ways and it's brewing it and you don't know why you feel the way you feel about shit and why things are going a certain way is because you're holding on to that energy. We gotta let that shit go. That is the only way we're going to attract, you know what I'm saying, the abundance that we want. I cannot continue to think, you know what I'm saying, that I'm, you know what I'm saying, going to not have or I'm going to lack if I don't feel, if I'm not cool with this person, if me and my mom are not, you know, on one accord or me and her man are not on one accord or if me and my friends are not on one accord that somehow I'm not going to be successful. Somehow, you know what I'm saying, the need, the, this need I have for them is going to stop me. I have to get over that because that is not true. I am the creed, the, um, the co-creator of my life. This is probably the reason why the universe is putting me in a position to have to do everything by myself, not to punish me. You know what I'm saying? Not to, you know, you know what I'm saying? To just make my life harder because I need to understand that I got to let shit go regardless of who's around. I cannot be afraid of being alone and being by myself. I was born by myself. I cannot, you know what I'm saying, be upset about being in my own company, no matter how long that is. If I'm truly a spiritual being, if I'm truly tapped in and connected, I'm connected to all the people who love me. And you know what I'm saying? Who truly fuck with me like that. You know what I'm saying? I can't say that I believe that. And then, you know what I'm saying? Feel lonely. That's a contradiction. So if I'm truly tapped in, if I'm truly in tune, then my peoples are always with me, always. My ancestors are always with me. I can talk to my peoples anytime. And talking to folks in spirit, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and energetically is not, you know what I'm saying, a downgrade from them being around you. I have to understand that. We have to understand that. You are never, you know what I'm saying, you're never truly alone in your solitude. Something that David Banner has said, you know what I'm saying? There was a time when he, you know what I'm saying, felt like he couldn't be by himself either. And now he cherishes, you know what I'm saying, the fact that he can be in his own company. I've attempted to do this. I'm not gonna say that I haven't, you know, when I'm, especially when I'm in my feelings, I have no issue with, you know, stepping out, taking myself on a date, especially when my king, you know what I'm saying, is off working and doing what he do, you know what I mean? And sometimes I feel like, you know, when I'm neat, when I'm feeling needy, you know what I'm saying? So I go out there and I fulfill that need on my own, whether it be, you know, I said, taking me myself out on a date, buying me something, you know, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? I do my due diligence, you know what I'm saying? To try to feel, you know, to fill that up with myself and not depend on other people for that. So I definitely made my strides, you know, on that. But I gotta take that to the next level. You know what I'm saying? That, that my abundance is waiting for me, it's, it's right there. And you know what I'm saying? If I don't trust it, if I don't see it, it's going to continue to elude me. 
and that goes for everybody. Okay, so that is basically my story as far as how that relates to that video. Now, what I want you guys to do is to actually watch the video. Okay, like I said, it's about 32 minutes long. So this will be the closing out of this. I want you to listen to what he has to say in full. Okay, and again, if you really on this journey of letting go, it's going to be a tearjerker for you. Because it definitely did, you know what I'm saying, definitely got me. And I'm just going to continue to, you know what I'm saying, to, to get on this journey of, of letting this stuff go so I can, you know what I'm saying, stop holding myself back. Okay, so we are going to share the screen. All right, so like I said, for all my super woke folk, Never mind a man's a Caucasian, just listen to what he has to say. The less attached you are, the, the more attractive you are. Or, or you could say, say the degree to which you are detached is the degree to which people will attach themselves to you because it's attractive. So when we talk about attractive energy, understand that people are attracted to somebody that is in their own frame and doesn't need something from them. Does it need their approval? Does it need their validation? Does it need them to like their Instagram posts? Does it need them to text them back immediately? Somebody that is doing that, that is conveying a sense of value. And the degree to which I realize in my own life, this guy right here, that I've been to let go of what other people think, let go of labels, let go of limiting beliefs, let go of attachments is in direct proportion to the degree to which I've had really good shit happening to me. <laughs> a lot of great opportunities, um, a lot of expansive growth and attracting love. Like these are all things that came in for me when I really let go. And in this video, I want to share you five secrets to letting go that will make you more attractive and that will completely transform your life. And when you start applying them, it changes everything. Because you start realizing who you really are and you start letting go of what you are not. So this video is something that can plant the seeds that can really transform many different areas of your life, whether it be love, whether it be going for your purpose, your health. And I'm going to share you exactly step-by-step step what to do and the secrets that I've applied in my life in this video. Welcome back to another video. My name is Aaron and I help people expand their consciousness. Now, this video implies something somewhat interesting. First off, let me say that right off the bat. So it says, five secrets to letting go that make you attractive AF. Now, when we talk about you being attractive, understand that there's a belief there that, that kind of implies that you may really care what other people think of you. I know for a long time, being attractive to me meant validation. If I was attractive and people were giving me attention, I felt validated. If somebody else was paying me attention or I had somebody that was texting me that liked me, I felt validated. And while it can be a side effect of letting go that you become more attractive, I would encourage you to first off become aware of the belief there that you need to be validated because if you start to validate yourself, you will become more attractive. This was a game changer for me on my path of letting go and being attractive and having attractive energy was killing the neediness. This is one of the secrets to letting go. It's killing the neediness because neediness keeps you in an energy where you feel like you're in lack. And many of us growing up, we had childhood trauma or childhood experiences that had us feeling lack that had us feeling needy and normally it stems from needing something or wanting something from our mom or our dad. Maybe it was their attention. Maybe there was approval. Maybe there was their emotional availability. Whatever we wanted growing up that we didn't get, a lot of times what happens is those same patterns remain on autopilot. Those same patterns remain in us attracting people that are similar dynamics. So it's very important here to realize 
that the thing you may crave is actually the thing that you need to give to yourself. And one of the ways you give it to yourself is you become aware of the belief. You become aware of how in childhood you craved that. I realized that growing up, I craved validation and attention. And I felt like that was taken from me when I was three years old. I look back at my own shadow of this. When I was three, my brother was born. And first off, when I was one, my mom's dad died. And when my mom's dad died, which is my grandpa, I guess, and she had a lot of trauma with him and that's the whole side of the family. But when he died, she went through a lot of emotional pain and she was like, she didn't eat for weeks. She said she lost 20, 30 pounds. And you can ask her parents this stuff, by the way. I was asking my mom and kind of like interviewing both of my parents to see what was their childhood like because a lot of times energy is stored in ancestral lines and then we kind of have it. But for my mom, it was a, when she, I was one or two, she was feeling a lot. She was feeling a sense of loss, grief. So imagine I'm one years old and I'm like looking for attention and affection and nurturing for my mom. And I can tell that she's like emotionally distant because she's in her own reality processing the fact that her dad passed away and that there's a lot of unprocessed emotion and energy there, a lot of pain and trauma. So I'm then feeling, oh, is something wrong? Is something wrong? And then what happened is I would tune myself to my mom or tune myself to other people and think, can I fix them? If I can fix them, that I can get them to love me, nurture me in the way that I want to be nurtured and loved. And that was something that was when I was one or two. And from then at three, my brother comes into the picture and my brother has all these health complications. He had asthma. He was always in the hospital. Andre Agassi actually at one point came into the hospital and uh, gave him a truck or something like that. <laughs> he still, I don't know if he still has a truck, but I always found it. I always remember that. Um, and at, at three years old, the attention shifted from me to him. And then because there was so much attention because he was sick and always, or was in the hospital, he wasn't always sick, by the way, it was sometimes, I don't know. It's an interesting thing where maybe um, some of it was exaggerated for attention or something like that. But nonetheless, he got a lot of attention. Um, and my mom and him, you know, like we're always in the hospital, stuff like that. But Nonetheless, the attention then shifted away from me to him. And then I started feeling like I wasn't worthy, like I didn't matter. And even growing up, I then had this thing where I was afraid to shine my light. I was afraid to outshine my brother. And I would do everything I could growing up to not be in the attention or in the spotlight because it would make him feel small because he was used to getting all that attention. You know what I mean? Obviously, from like a young age, just always getting it. So validation and approval is something that I wanted and craved, but didn't know what to do with. And I didn't want to outshine anybody because if I outshined anybody, then it dimmed their light. So it was this weird thing. But what I had to learn to let go of is to let go of other people's validation of me. And I had to let go and realize that there was a belief there that was keeping me in a form of box, a belief that was keeping me feeling non-validated. Because I wasn't validating myself. That was where the neediness came from. And just to take this a step further, this might be kind of deep for this video, but one of the biggest epiphanies I've ever had in my life is realizing that I was attracting women that I felt like I needed to fix. And I was doing them a disservice. I was implying they were broken. And I was attracting people that I felt like I could fix because I got a sense of worthiness and, and validation off fixing them. And they'll never leave me if I fix them, right? That was the idea behind it. And I also realized that because I wasn't used to the emotional availability growing up, I thought I was attracting women that were emotionally unavailable to find out that I am actually and was actually emotionally unavailable. I've had to work through many blocks with this. And I think a lot of times people that have uh, maybe more of a needy energy, they think they want someone to be emotionally secure and emotionally present with them. But if they had that, they'd probably feel bored. They wouldn't be used to it. The nervous system would literally kind of freak out because it's not used to it. So a lot of this and a lot of the key to this is opening up the heart and becoming vulnerable. Needy people as well normally are passive aggressive. I was passive aggressive. I would, I would uh, not make my I – I was so afraid of rejection. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I was so afraid of rejection that when it came to my energy that I would – in a way maybe not express my actual intentions with somebody that I was intending to date or take out. And once I started to be vulnerable and part of being vulnerable, means just sharing what you're thinking and feeling, you know, telling someone that you find them attractive, you want to take them out. 
not saying, oh, I just want to be friends with you or pretending to just be friends and putting your, your, because that's what the feminine really wants as well. The feminine wants to feel safe in the container that the masculine is able to kind of put in front of them and to be honest and to be authentic. So when I started to more so be vulnerable and realize that I have a closed heart and I'm attracting people that I feel like I need to fix, but I need to open up my heart and become open. That was a key. Now, one of the other keys though, is I realized that I felt shame growing up because I felt like I was broken because of the emotional unavailability when I was one or two or three years old and the attention shifted to my brother. What I had to do is I had to realize that a lot of the stuff, like my mom going through a lot of stuff when I was growing up, that was her stuff, not mine. I could then separate the internalization that there's something wrong with me and realize there's nothing wrong with me. I was absorbing my environment growing up and absorbing meaning based on what was happening unconsciously, of course, as a kid. But then I realized there's nothing wrong with me. It's not, it's not my fault. It's not my fault that that happened. A lot of times the parents might divorce me to get to my fault. It's not your fault. Your parents divorced. It's not your fault. You had an emotionally unavailable mom or an emotionally unavailable dad. It's not your fault. If a parent left you, it is not your fault. If a parent cheated on another parent, none of that's your fault. None of it. You are worthy for being you. And when you start realizing you're not broken, that's when everything changes. When I became aware of this, by the way, and I let go of that shame by just being aware of it and choosing to let it go out of awareness, I started to attract so many great opportunities in my life, dating potentials. I started opening up my own heart. I realized I had to open up my own heart to people. I was the best person at like meeting somebody and then finding reasons why we shouldn't date or I shouldn't go forth with it. And the reasons were protecting me from emotional availability. (laughs) It's funny how the mind works. Now, that's the first one is the validation, letting go of that. And that's a secret to letting go is becoming aware of it, choosing to let it go. But if you give yourself validation, you will immediately be more attractive. Now, the second secret to letting go has to do with abandonment. One of the biggest limiting beliefs that we all have and one of the things we're afraid of is we're afraid of being left alone. We're afraid of somebody abandoning us, rejecting us, and that will hold us back. And that's because we're being attached to other people's approval, to other people's love and affection. And this was the key for me. Now, I realized this with friends and family. What I would do is I would completely abandon myself to make other people happy. Now, for many of you listening to this right now, you may have had and be what is considered an empath. If you figure and you identify as an empath, like this video or comment below. Like this video and comment below and say, I'm an empath. If you're an empath, I want to see how many people are empaths on this channel. My guess is, look at the likes below. You'll see there's probably a lot of empaths. When you're empathic, many times what happens is as a child, you went through trauma. And what happened is you started to tune yourself. You had to tune yourself to the outside. You had to tune yourself to other to survive. So it was like, how is my mom feeling? How is my dad feeling? How are my siblings feeling? I have to take care of everyone and it's my responsibility to manage everybody else. And if I don't, then I'm not going to get my needs met. And your needs may be to have presence, to have people there. And if they're going to abandon you, then you feel like there's something wrong with you and it's not desirable. So I can control everything else. And then it's such a burden. But here's the thing that I realized in my own life. I, growing up, I'm the oldest There's a lot of family trauma and a lot of things going on. I have had to tune myself. I had the crazy narcissistic ex-stepmom in my life from 7 to 15 years old. My dad divorced her when I was 15. And all of a sudden I have all this freedom. But what I realized is I have this pattern where because 7 to 15 years old, my brother and I had to be perfect for my ex-stepmom. We had to constantly tune ourselves to her emotions to understand how she's feeling. We weren't allowed to you know, have friends. A lot of times we were locked outside or we were you know, um, controlled. And then all of a sudden I have this freedom, but I wasn't used to it. So I kept attracting people into my life to reflect that back to me. Um, that like that, that I didn't feel worthy, but a big part of it was that then I, t- I was so tuned to everybody else. I know anybody, I can feel people's intentions. I, uh, it's part of being super empathic. And I know many of you have that too, but one thing I realized I've done is I want people's validation or approval or whatever. I'm afraid they're going to leave me. So I say yes to things. I really don't want to say yes to even at the expense of myself. An example of that is 
me uh, saying yes to like traveling. I've told the story so many times. I feel like I don't want to be too repetitive, <laughs> but I'm gonna let go right now. But a friend's birthday party had to drive 10 to 12 hours because there's no flight into the specific place in Colorado to get to. And I had to cancel photo shoots. I was a week before I was going to Costa Rica. All this stuff I canceled because I just couldn't say no. And it was funny, 20 people were invited to this party and only like four people showed up because it was so damn hard to get to. And it's a great friend of mine, so there's nothing against her, but it was my own lesson because I realized I overextended myself, had to drive 10 hours and I had the lesson on the way back because it started snowing in Telluride, Colorado. And on the way back, guess what? There's these crazy fucking cliffs that I'd have to go around and it was snowing. So anytime I'd, I'd have to like pump the brakes, not to like just slide and I'm sliding around these freaking cliffs. It took me like 12 hours to get home and it was crazy. And it was because I felt like I couldn't say no. So what happens is I sacrifice myself at the expense of other, I'd be in relationship with someone. I'd be trying to fix them. I would lose and let go of anything I wanted, put my own needs to the side to make somebody else happy. And guess what? There's a loss of polarity and traction because I'm not in my own masculine frame. But the thing that I encourage you to do is to stop abandoning yourself for other people. You may be abandoning and like caring so much about what your mom or dad think that you're not going after your actual purpose. Become aware of that and realize you're abandoning yourself every time you just go to college because your parents want you to go to college, but you don't want to actually go. Stop abandoning yourself for other. And when you start showing up for yourself and you stop abandoning yourself, people will stop abandoning you because they will see that you're in your own presence. You're in your own energy and you're able to easily say no. I just start saying no to people that were trying to uh, hang out with me and being the old pattern when I was going full time on YouTube. Because if I kept saying yes to always hanging out, then I wouldn't be able to make my daily videos on YouTube for me to actually grow into my vision. I had to stay committed to my vision. I had to stop abandoning myself for other. And that's one of the things that I highly recommend you do is to stop abandoning yourself for other people and start realizing that what you can do is start to get into your own frame. That's what really changes everything. Now, one of the next things is about understanding this one truth of reality. This is a law of reality. This is a paradox as well. When I learned this, I, I realized that you have to let go. You don't really have a choice. Everything in the universe changes. That's the only constant. The only constant in the universe is that everything is going to be changing. So knowing that everything's going to change regardless of whether you're attached to it or not, the decision, the choice is, well, if I remain attached to it, then I'm going to get pain. Then I'm going to get pain. So why stay attached to it? I've had many different areas of my life change. Even my buddy, Victor, he came over the other day. We were doing this uh, challenge thing and he was talking about how he was like pretty much tearing up and crying on this live because he was realizing that his three kids they're like four or five years old. One of them, one of them's uh, like eight or nine. And then one of them's like uh, 11 or 12. They're growing up. They're getting bigger. And he spent a long time building his business. And he spent so much freaking time with his kids. It's ridiculous. Like all day, every day, pretty much. But it made him very sad because he started to realize, you know, like his, his, his oldest daughter just wants to kind of hang out with her friends now. He's starting to look older. He got his uh, middle son, Lucas, who's like, reading and, and going to school. They're going to this school here called Waldorf. It's like a really uh, nice, cool, interesting school. Um, they're gone a lot now. He's got a lot more private time with him and his wife, but at the same time, he misses them, even though they're just going to school for eight hours a day. But if he remains attached to his image of his kids being five, three, you know, nine, ten, like younger than they are, it's actually causing problems in his relationship because his, his kids want to be want to be growing up and he doesn't want to see them that way because he wants to see them as little kids that they once were. But he realizes he has to let go. It's a constant process of letting go and accepting the new. And it's he's letting go of an old version of them and he's he's allowed himself to kind of like die and be reborn many times. And I don't have kids yet, but I imagine that that's somewhat 
I imagine I'll probably go through the same process where there's a nostalgia. I even go through that now in my own ways with nostalgia. I feel nostalgic towards like past versions of me. I remember when I was first moving into Sedona like a year or two ago. Now I'm in Austin, Texas. There was a vibe. I remember when I was first going on YouTube, going daily, how excited I felt to go daily, how excited I felt to um, quit my nine to five job. It was so nostalgic. I, I moved in with friends and I had roommates and I didn't really work out, but like there was this newness and this freshness and I, I bought all my time back. I could do what I want when I wanted to. A, a manager didn't tell me what to do. There was this new, fresh energy. Sometimes it's very nostalgic, but accepting that everything changes is key. And being present to the moment and knowing that this moment, the funny thing is that this moment here right now will one day be nostalgic. Isn't that crazy? Everything is changing in our reality. And when we remain attached to anything, we create resistance. But having the awareness that everything changes is realizing and appreciating the moment and knowing that we're never going to get the same moment again this way. But this will one day be nostalgic for us. We've been taking these, I have these like old school panoramic, like these old school photos of the Polaroid cameras. And I've been taking them recently. My girlfriend likes taking these photos. And even just looking at them now, I can tell that in five years from now, those are going to be so nostalgic. So uh, this is something that is a truth of reality that we can begin to do. And once we do that, it changes everything. Now, the fourth thing and the fourth secret to letting go is about understanding these attachments we have to certain energy dynamics and to certain energy patterns. So for me, I attracted, after my ex-stepmom left my life when I was 15 years old, my, dad, my brother, my dad, and I moved into my grandparents' house. And when we lived there, we, uh, we were in this small thousand-square-foot house with like five of us, dogs and cats and shit. It was crazy. But we had freedom. It was amazing. And I remember in that freedom... That feeling of like, I can do anything. I can watch TV. I can eat food, like as much food as I want. My grandma always had Twinkies on the, the fridge. I know they're not healthy or anything, but <laughs> would eat those. Um, it's like a whole new world. It's like from Aladdin. It's like a whole new world. It's really how it was. And But there was a part of me that was addicted to somebody trying to control me. Subconsciously. Uh, my ex-stepmom left at 15. I then got a girlfriend. My One of my first long-term girlfriends is four or five years, total controlling, jealous, very critical. That felt safe and comfortable to me. Very interesting. I broke up with her when I was 21 years old. Then I got transferred in a shoe department to a better shoe department at Nordstrom's. And that manager was like a clone of my ex-stepmom, controlling, manipulative, protected by upper management. So we couldn't get her fired, even though she would say and do crazy shit. But guess what? I was used to that. Now, here's the thing that changed my outer reality and that really shows that reality is just a reflection. I had my spiritual awakening in 2012. I started to observe my thoughts and I, I realized that my ex-mom, the pain from my ex-stepmom, the pressure led to my spiritual awakening. And I started to, in a way, forgive my ex-stepmom because I realized that everyone is always doing the best they can from the level of consciousness that they're at. Even people that steal from you, they have a belief that they're not abundant that they need to take from someone else to be abundant. Maybe they learned it from their parents. It doesn't make it right, but it helps us understand it a little bit more. And when you understand, you can forgive. My ex-stepmom had a dad, has a dad, who's narcissistic and abusive. She told me stories about how he, he beat her and her sister one time for she was in the tub. I forget, but I remember these stories. And I'm like, damn. Then I thought back to it. I'm like, maybe that's why she is the way she is, why she's narcissistic and manipulative and, because of her own childhood, doesn't make it right, but it helps me forgive. And when I forgave is when everything changed. Now, everything in our reality is meaning. And I used to give it the meaning that I was the victim. She did this to me. It was horrible. And therefore, I created myself over and over again to be the victim. That's not attractive energy. That's not expansive energy. My life changed when I forgave my ex-stepmom. That's what I had to learn to do. Once I forgave my ex-stepmom, that manager, Julie, she got fired. Literally within weeks for something stupid. And there were other things that she could have got fired for that she didn't get fired for because she was protected by upper management. But then some stupid she gets fired for, for like some type of email she sent to somebody that was pregnant or something like that. But there was stuff before that that was even, that was way more in the face, but she got, she was protected. Outer reality changes when you change your inner reality. And one of the keys to us moving into a higher level of consciousness 
has to do with forgiveness. Now think about it, forgiving. Let's look at this word real quick. The word forgiveness. Now think about it. You're giving things meaning. You're giving things meaning. Now, maybe when you're a kid, your parents treated you a certain way and you gave that a meaning. I'm not worthy. I'm broken. My dad or mom is bad or evil or uh, they don't really care about me. That's the meaning we gave. That meaning that is on autopilot and then in 10 years from now, your spouse, your family, you feel the same way about them as you did about your parents because you've given it that meaning that relationships mean this. Forgiveness, for means before. You are taking away that meaning and you are forgiving someone. You are realizing that that's their shit, not yours. Maybe that's their meaning that they had and they're just living in alignment with it. My ex-stepmom that was emotionally, physically, mentally abusive, that was the meaning that she had in her life based on the way her dad treated her. So she was treating my brother and I that way up until I was 15 and my dad divorced my ex-stepmom. But I had to then look at that meaning and realize it doesn't mean I'm not worthy. It doesn't mean I'm not good enough. Doesn't mean I'm broken. Doesn't mean I deserve somebody to control me and to treat me that way. But I need to forgive the meaning. I need to, I need to, instead of give it that meaning, I need to take that meaning back and realize that it's not mine. Forgive before giving the meaning. So the key to this is freeing yourself. This is really the key. Freeing yourself. When you free yourself and you take back the meaning and you, you, uh, you realize that everyone's doing the best they can from the level of consciousness that they're at. That's what changes everything. When I did that, everything in my life began to change. Within weeks, that manager got fired. I started feeling completely different. I had to forgive within my own energy field for then that pattern to leave my life. And even this since then, there's been a couple little narcissistic things I've noticed in certain people that have I've attracted, but I become more and more aware of how I can forgive other people. Forgiveness really is the key to us creating this new world and to us really having attractive energy because when you are attached, it means you're, an atta- you're attached to a meaning. You're attached to a meaning that you're a victim or that something is going wrong or that it means something. And when you let go of that, you become free. So work on becoming aware of what that meaning is and then just choosing to let it go. Meaning is like a story. It's like a belief, the story that you're not worthy, that you're not good enough. And the fifth secret is one that is probably one of the most important to letting go. And it has to do with killing, killing the payoff. There's a payoff we get from attachment. If we're attached to an ex, the payoff we're getting from that is a feeling of aliveness. The feeling that, and there's a belief there that if I stay attached to you, even though it's completely butchering the energy, then you'll stick around and you won't leave me. I don't want you to leave me. If you don't, if I can control you not leaving me, I won't feel abandoned. Instead of realizing you're abandoning yourself to to make that work, to make that happen. But at the same time, the payoff we get, one of the biggest payoffs we get, anything we do is because there's some form of emotional or um, there's some form of payoff there. A payoff could be positive or negative, but it's the reason we do things. So the payoff I was getting from the ex-stepmom situation is I was feeling... um, the safety of someone else controlling me. There was a a sense of safety there. I remember that when my dad divorced my ex-stepmom when I was 15, I remember that my ex-stepmom and her, her, uh, her mom, my ex-grandma, I guess, was throwing our clothes in the dirt in the front yard when my dad and us and my brother went to go get our stuff after the divorce started to happen. Very dramatic. But from that, from throwing the clothes in there, I really, I had this moment of realization where I was like, even though before we had zero freedom, that felt safe. I can do anything. I can watch TV. I can eat food. I can have friends. But there was an anxiety with that. And it kind of freaked me out. No worries. Guess what happened? I attracted more people into my life that could, that could uh, try to control me. <laughs> That's the payoff I got, though. One of the biggest payoffs we get is the payoff and the addiction to being right. I was right. See, I am a victim. I'm right. I was right about this. There's many times I've realized that I was right in my own perspective at the expense of happiness. I've argued with people on Expedia over a flight increase when me and an ex-girlfriend, ex-girlfriend and I were getting tickets and her her ticket went through first, then my price went up. And I was like, no, we were booking at the same time. It shouldn't have gone up. And I realized that I was mad about it for three hours. And then all of a sudden I realized, wait, 
I, my addiction to being right right now is what's causing me to feel, and it makes no difference. I was so abundant at that time, I mean, even now, so abundant that the, the $100 difference doesn't make a big difference to me. So to some people it may, but I'm just saying like, it didn't, yet I was so, emo it was lowering my vibration for a day because I was addicted to being right. So how do you kill the payoff? You become aware of it. And then you see that it is actually hurting you. I became aware that I'm right. I feel alive. Some people, they get angry and they, that's their payoff. They feel alive. Angry is a higher vibration than that of the emotion of shame and guilt and like a passiveness and apathy. But it is like, you don't want to stay there. You want to become aware of these things. You want to kill the payoff. The payoff is the reason you were doing these things. When you become aware of the payoff, you can then start to let that go. And I realized that in, in dynamic relationships, I had that needy energy or that like uh, wanting from someone else. I was just, I was used to that payoff of like feeling alive. And it was replaying similar childhood wounds where I didn't feel like I was enough. Once I became aware of that, I was then able to let that go and to see the pain of that, the pain of me not feeling enough and believing that I'm broken. And then I keep attracting people to reflect that back. Once I changed that and I realized that I'm not broken and I started to open up my heart and be vulnerable, that's when everything began to change. That's when then my energy became more attractive and people started coming in. Dating potentials met my girlfriend. Everything changes when you change and when you begin to let go. And when you also, this is one of the most powerful ones. Is that, this is actually written as number one, but I forgot to say it because I got into the whole validation thing. The values you have. Values are like clusters of beliefs. Who are you? What do you value? If you value integrity and being consistent to your word, you'll show up on time. If you value other people's approval, then you will do whatever you can to get other people's approval. But if you value authenticity and vulnerability, that changes everything. When I started to value, I started to realize that who I am as a person is I am vulnerable and authentic over the value of getting other people's validation. That's when my life began to change. We have a ranking in our mind of these values of who we are and who we aren't. When I started realizing I don't care what people think, I don't need other people, I'm not attached to other people's perspectives. I'm going to be myself and be grounded in myself and be grounded in my own body. And when I started to do that, my energy became very attractive. And one thing you could do as well is there's something called the frame technique. I will post that video below. It's one of the most powerful techniques I've ever learned for coming more into my own frame so that I could let go of my attachments to other things and to other people. And when I did this, people, my, my, my energy became so much more magnetic. Because a lot of times we're tuning to everybody else because we're not actually in our bodies. The frame technique is very simple. My shadow work integration coach taught it to me and it completely transformed my life. And you'll see it below. Listen to this video, do this meditation, and watch how I get messages every day in my DM on Instagram. People saying that that meditation. All right. Okay. So appreciate anybody that stuck around to watch that. As you can see. That was very touching to me. I hope you got something out of that. I'm not sure who that individual is, but the video is up long enough if you would like to go to his channel. But for me, anything that pops up, honestly, on YouTube or anywhere that's inspirational, you know what I'm saying? Those are my spirit guides telling me, you know what I'm saying? This is what I need to attune to. So that was very, um, very, very effective for me. I hope that was effective for you. I know a lot of us go through that. A lot of us, you know what I'm saying, feel the way that he did. And a lot of us need to take on these steps so we can get better. Okay, so I'm going to let y'all go. Y'all been out, you know what I'm saying? Y'all been on here a while watching this. I appreciate you being here and giving me your time and your energy. And be quiet as giving yourself your time and your energy, you know what I'm saying, to help yourself, you know what I'm saying, let go. Because that, that's what you're doing over here. So I love, love, love y'all. Appreciate y'all's time and energy. As you can see at the bottom, if you guys would like to support Amspiration TTV and Amspire Media, just make sure you hit up our Cash App or our PayPal. Donations of $27 or more, you receive a brand T-shirt. Okay. Also, if you want access to everything that we have going on in Amspire Media, we have digital business card links in our YouTube channel as well as our Amspire Media IG. Okay, so go to YouTube if you're watching on YouTube right now. If you go to 
the, I believe that is the title bar at the top. You go into the bottom right-hand corner, you should be able to click on my digital business card. Okay. Follow us on I on IG, Amspiration TTV, Inspire Me to LLC to have everything so you can get to everything that we got going on on the show. And if you like to see what I have going on personally, just out here living my life and doing this amputee thing, you can go to nine plump nine queen nine on IG. We're also on TikTok. I have two of them. I have multiples of everything. That's just kind of how I be doing things. So if you go to our TikTok, our Ant Spirituality TikTok, you're going to see a lot of my Sundays with Spirit um, content on there. Um, and when you go to Inspire Media LLC, I'm going to be picking up on things on the show and honestly just me moving around and living this amputee life. So, you know, check us out on TikTok. You know what I'm saying? Follow us, share all that gushy stuff. All right. If you are into traveling, I'm a travel agent. If you would like to book your travel, you can go to my website. If you are already familiar on how to do that, you can just go to the website, self-explanatory and book, you know what I'm saying, your next vacation for the low. But if you would like to get more out of the travel industry and actually become a business, you know what I'm saying, and make some bread while you're traveling, give me a call at 478-318-6933. Please text first so I know that you are talking or, you know what I'm saying, you are inquiring about travel because this is a new number and as I've been getting a lot of uh, spam and all these things of that nature. So I want to make sure that I am answering the right people. Okay. And also... TV's Corner. I don't know what just happened. I'm not sure to do that. There we go. Right. So I am a brand ambassador for the best body care line on the planet called TV's Corner. If you go to the website, TV's Corner and EmpathicaryCenter.com, use my name Plum Queen at checkout and you get 10% off every purchase. All of her, um, her items and her products are organic. Most of them come out of her garden which is a popping, okay? You're going to be guaranteed going to get the all natural goodness, okay? She is also, Tiffany is also my naturopathic doctor. I was talking a little bit about um, some of the things she had advised um, of me and in, in my situation yesterday on What the Gut Wednesdays. So absolutely check her out. She's also on IG at TP's Corner. So hit her up if you are looking for someone to help you in a holistic and naturopathic light, I'm saying again, I don't want to tell y'all not to, you know, consult your doctors and all that. But, you know, as they say, you should get a second opinion. So she is very dope. Like I said, her, her credentials pass herself. She is a mother of seven. Her and her husband, you know what I'm saying, have um, even birthed a few of their children on their own. They have they're running several businesses while raising seven kids, you know what I'm saying, and keeping everything organic. All right. I love them. They are awesome. So definitely check out their website and consult her if you are in need of some naturopathic or holistic, you know what I'm saying, um, needs. Okay. So I believe that is all. I love, love, love y'all. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday night. And we will see you back on Sunday for um, Sundays with Spirit. So um, since I've been doing the letting go thing, we'll see you know what the cards say about that um yeah on sunday so i love y'all enjoy your night and let's let let's practice this letting go so we can get this popping attractive energy all right love y'all be inspired peace